0: You're listening to Resident Advisors Exchange. I'm Martha. Thank you for being here with us. On this edition of the podcast, RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter continues. Black Minds Matter is a charity on a mission to connect black individuals and families with free mental health services by professional black therapists. Black Minds Matter are currently looking for 21,000 long-term donors who are able to donate £5 a month. With your support, they can take real steps towards achieving their goal of creating a lasting impact on the face of black mental health. There are links in the description of this podcast if you are able to help. Every month in 2021, we'll celebrate a Black-owned creative electronic music project by hearing their story on the podcast, on the site, and by offering some financial support. You can find the full details of RA's partnership with Black Minds Matter at ra.co forward slash about forward slash community.
1: Yo, what's good? It's Vanessa Maria, and I'm welcoming you back to another special edition of RA Exchange in collaboration with Black Minds Matter. I'm a DJ, broadcaster, and digital marketeer for Sony at Black Butter Records. And today I am joined by the most talented Tiffany Calver, the poster girl for UK rap, a fellow tequila sipping queen, Virgo energy, (laughs) Tiffany is a critical tastemaker in the music industry, working alongside some of the greats such as Fredo, Heady One, and most notably Drake. She went from blogging for the likes of Amaru Don TV to being the face of the One Extra rap show.
2: Tiffany, what made you smile today? You saying something about tequila in that intro. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Iconic. Of all the things, of all of the things you just said about me, that is absolutely. I'm proudest of being a tequila sipper.
1: What's the fanciest tequila you've ever tried?
2: Oh man, do you know what? I'm so I'm just still such a cheapskate. I only found out about uh, was it 1942? This by the time I interviewed Drake on radio, he was like, I'm gonna bring 42 to the station, and I was like, What's that?
1: I don't know what that is,
2: (laughs) but since then, it's it's like a hundred and something pounds a bottle.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. But I've
2: moved up. Basically, I'm not quite there, but I do like that one. I love Patron. I love Don Julio. um I'm basically not trying to spend like two hundred pounds a bottle yet. But I'm also not, you know, getting the one with the to keep the sombrero in the newsagent. So is it called oh, yeah. Sierra? I'm, I'm off of that now. Those hangovers aren't worth it.
1: Yeah, that's like the equivalent of like Glenn's Vodka, isn't it?
2: The that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Those. That just reminds me of like house parties when i was younger oh was that your drink
1: the it's been your drink i mean else?
2: anything anything was my drink that was like less than 10 pounds do you know what i mean mm,
1: park benches and glens that was one. one <laughs> oh god
2: <Yeah. laughs> k cider
1: oh yeah oh god yeah with wkd all of them things
2: Smanoff, you could, listen sman off ice is legendary and I, i'm really upset people have like forgotten about it
1: oh yeah because that was a that was a big that was a big
2: drink like yeah Then yeah. ice was the highlight of my weekends
1: <laughs> what has been your drink then like over lockdown because I know things people have been sipping on wine people have been using <laughs> it like champagne.
2: in the beginning in the beginning of lockdown I was a wine drinker for sure like I found it's basically like delivery for wine so you could um order it to your house and it would get there within the hour so um I was a wine drinker and then I'll be real, like, me and my boyfriend, we're so, we're so shit. Like, we plan to drink or we'll be like, yeah, let's, let's get drunk tonight or something. And, like, two drinks in, we'll be like, do you want a tea? And, like, oh. we'll just drink tea. Like, <laughs> unless I'm out, I can't really drink like that.
1: Oh, so you're, you you should do the Bailey's flex in in the tea. Like, Bailey? Yeah, Bailey's in the do tea. you know,
2: nah, I, I feel like being St. Lucian or, like, just having, like, Caribbean roots in me. I feel like Bailey's has been tainted from like just my childhood.
1: Oh, you can't do
2: it. <laughs> just being the one in my grandparents' houses. But yeah, maybe I'll try it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you should. So your your like wine, your alcohol taste has sort of changed over lockdown. But how how has your music taste um been affected by the year we've had? I've personally been listening to Lincoln Park on repeat on my runs. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's me. <laughs> Love Lincoln Park, I love Limp Biscuit. I did this thing on TikTok, I'm trying to get more into TikTok, yeah. because I think I'm having like an existential crisis now I'm 26, or I'm like am I too old, because I don't <laughs> understand these new apps, or I, I don't know, Um, so I've been trying to use TikTok, and they had this uh, emo challenge, and it's oh, like yeah. they play 10 songs, and you basically have to say how many you knew, and I knew all 10, so if you want to go, there, I used to have like, uh, what they called like the checkered sweatbands, and... I had a fringe. I mean, it, it was awful because it was like, that was the one part of my hair I'd straightened. So it would be like emo fringe and then just curly hair.
1: No way. You were fully living yeah, in man.
2: it. Paramore. Paramore were my guys. I, I even used to listen to like heavy metal. So like, bring me the horizon, Slipknot. Yes, yeah,
1: Slipknot. Oh, um, Metallica, I was like like,
2: jam (laughs) oh
1: my god my jam was um the day that never comes is that the song the name I think it was like Metallica or something oh that sends me off oh my god Metallica
2: that Mm. was the one if you fancied like a skater or like a skater (laughs) boy in school they'd always talk about Metallica and you just have like yeah I love that
1: oh no that's (laughs) triggering for me right there because I was not let me not even unveil my um preferences in the past but (laughs) the skater thing oh god (laughs) no that, that's not okay you're the third oh guest God. to um you're, you're actually the third guest on this podcast to talk about an emo stage I don't know what if it really
2: yeah yeah Nah, people gotta own it we've all I think everyone else is in denial of it just trying to be cool like we all did it I'll you know what I have to say at least I didn't do you know what they called stretches. Mm. when you put it in your ear and it would stretch it like everyone in my school was doing that and like getting all the weird piercings and stuff like the body piercings the face piercings um the stretches in the ear like really going for it and there was something in my head that was like you're gonna be like 40 one day and I don't think this will be your vibe then so don't commit (laughs) so I'm quite proud
1: (laughs) that was a cultural moment the the that I was I was going to put it like a fashion piece and accessible. That's really- what I mean.
2: Before before all of the, these kids, especially like I'm from the suburbs, I'm from the countryside. So listen, <laughs> the way that all going thoughts, I just choked on tea. See, I'm not even joking. I don't drink that much anymore. I'm <laughs> a proper tea girl. But before, you know, all of these kids that are now dressing up in tracksuits and trying to look like, you know, the drilliest ever in their like Montclair jackets and stuff. Before your time, guys, all we were doing was wearing like DC, um, famous stars and stripes. uh, And we all had emo fringes. Claire's Accessories did a pack of checkered sweatbands for like a fiver. Like that was the vibe. Okay, so that's your vibe now. But we all went through it back then. And anyone that says they didn't is a liar. A
1: hundred percent.
2: Ask Snoochie shy, she'll tell you as well, and she's oh. she's on one extra as well. She had an emo face. We all, did. maybe not Kenny all star, but like we did.
1: <laughs> Snoochie's documented it as well because, like, I know her social media. She has so many posts of like throwback posts, which are iconic. Like,
2: yeah,
1: the fashion sense is yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I feel like we've all evolved, we've all grown. Um, it's part of, I guess, self transformation.
2: Exactly, we we're expressing ourselves. Yeah, for that.
1: You know, um, how would you describe your own self-transformation over the past five years in music?
2: Uh, Over the past five years, I would say, I mean, I would say I still wear tracksuits. So me saying I've evolved by not wearing tracksuits is 100% a lie. But what I will say is in myself in the past five years, I think I've finally felt comfortable enough to express myself Uh, how I want to whether that's in a tracksuit or it could be shorts and a t-shirt or it could be a dress or like just anything I want to wear I feel like I'm in a place where I can I think five years ago I was so focused and like almost like paranoid of giving off the wrong vibe or the wrong impression or even attracting the wrong vibe or the wrong impression which would put me in an uncomfortable situation that I literally would go out and like I just didn't want to be looked at at all I just wanted to be heard so I would literally if I wasn't in a tracksuit I was in like skinny skinny jeans a turtleneck and Doc Martens like I was covered <laughs>
1: <laughs> no I feel like I, I'm laughing because I, I relate to what you're saying um I, I feel like I've gone through I'm going for that now I'm like oh I just I just don't want it to be focused on um, the image like what i, mm-hmm. what I look like because you can i don't know you feel like it's the catch 22 because then people you know talk about how you're booked for what you look like and blah 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 yes so
2: yeah and, and before i even started djing i remember being at uh god was it electric Brixton? a friend of mine was playing there she's a female dj but she's in a completely different uh kind of lane and um we were in the backstage bit the green room bit and i think the promoters were quite drunk at this point. So we're all chatting and I was talking about how, you know, I've I've started like learning and I really want to get into DJing and they made some kind of comment like, well, you're, you're a pretty girl. uh, Mm. So if you start DJing, I'm sure you'll be booked for this next year, just off of that. And it was just like, (sighs) whoa. (laughs) Um, So it was things like that, that just made me be like, no, I felt like no one would take you seriously. I mean, Thanks for thinking I'm pretty. Like that's cool. <laughs> Do you know, what I, mean? I appreciate that. But um I just never wanted to be the the girl that people looked at, and the first thing they said was, "Oh, she's fit." Yeah. I always wanted it to be like, "Oh, she's cold." Like she is a sick DJ. Mm. That those were the things I wanted to go for, which um unfortunately I think just by being a girl is a lot more difficult to receive as opposed to men. So mm-hmm. I just did anything I could to basically be <laughs> as unattractive as possible or just not deemed in that light. Like where people would just be like, oh, she's gang or like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, lads. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just didn't want to come across um, sexually. I... Yeah,
1: no, that's it. Oh, you know what? I feel like on Sunday, basically on Sunday, I had a little mini breakdown because I had like a little live stream and it got reported because um of my boobs what well, so the people in the comments yeah i know it's mad <laughs> people in the comments being like what oh the my fuck? god like grow up. too much boobage and um the club had like it got like the whole thing had to get taken down and i was just like oh, it's the
2: worst i've done a couple <laughs> i've done a couple live streams in um lockdown and just the comments i don't know trolls are trolls in it like. Know? that's a whole nother kettle of fish in this era of time like people have the access to just say anything I remember quite similarly years ago years and years ago I was in New York and um, Complex asked me to do they were doing like a DJ series for their Facebook so I did a set and I was wearing I basically had it was summer so I was wearing a bikini top Mm -hmm. but I had something over it (laughs) but I guess there was cleavage and I was getting the wildest comments. I think oh. one person literally said something like, What did they say about my boobs? I was like, Oh my god, they were like, Her boobs are further apart than the Grand Canyon or something. Like they were going god. in, and I was just like, what the I was fuck? like, oh my god. Um, nah. and back back in those days, <laughs>
1: Jesus um, Christ,
2: any anything, there could have been a hundred positive comments, but that one would have stuck with me. And I remember after just being so upset for days, just days and days of the comments that people were saying about my parents or my breasts or just anything to do with like the looks, not the actual music, hmm. um, which I know guys don't get. No one's no. being like, oh my God, there's not even a print in his gray pants. Lol. <laughs> do you know what I mean? No <laughs> one's actually doing that when someone's DJing. No. <laughs>
1: Not at all, and it's yeah, it's um, it really upset me. But I think what when you were speaking about feeling more, I guess at peace with yourself and accepting yourself, like um, it's really nice to hear because obviously you've experienced um a lot of a lot, yeah, <laughs> you experienced a lot, yeah. um, <laughs> like you know from very early on, and it reminds me of a collaborative piece that you wrote for Notion Magazine because in that piece you said that um, I am finally at peace with the total freedom that comes of being me. And I just wanted to ask like how how then did you find that peace within yourself?
2: I think it's just just like anything and anyone really, I think there just comes a time in your career where you've either got to make peace with it or you've just got to quit and go. I mean I thought about it a couple of times quitting moving back to St Lucia and just like working in a bar, I was like, I'm, I'd am i be just as happy with that life. <laughs> um, and with me, I think I just got to a stage where I'd been through like the brunt of, of the horrible stuff that came with my job. So, you know, when I first got the show at Radio 1, there were a lot of quite negative comments towards me and how I got my show, Um you know, because I couldn't have been working my ass off for years and people actually noticed, you know what I mean? I had to have slept with someone. Um, the comments when I'd be doing, just trying to do my job, doing an interview, I could smile or laugh at someone like for saying something funny and I'm flirting with them or just just the constant knockbacks. Oh, um, yeah. It just got to a stage where either, you know, people got used to me they're just like oh no she's she's Tiffany Calvert she's just doing a job Mm. um or I just didn't care anymore there gets a point where I can even read horrible comments about myself (laughs) I like just laugh and keep scrolling like it doesn't affect me as much and I'm so grateful I'm in that place mentally now um and I can just focus on my career there's still obviously times where things will get to me or you know I have to deal with things that nobody else in my field has to deal with um but I just think I'm in a way better mental place to take it on and just move on from it um so that's that's probably what I yeah that's definitely what I meant in that I'm just a lot more mentally uh, strong to deal with what comes with just wanting to do my job basically how do you get there?
1: Because it must have been a process. Would you feel like there was a a moment where things sort of like fell into place and you had like a revelation? You're like, whoa, like, I just need to just focus on myself. Or was it more of a gradual process where you you started to care less?
2: Definitely gradual. It's definitely gradual. And I, there's work that comes with it. There is definitely work. Like I, I started going to therapy. Um, I was... I think I even like kind of cut down the circle of friends I had. Like it was just a very safe and secure, like cool group of friends that I'd kind of give my time to or be able to talk to about things that, you know, I knew genuinely like really cared about me. Um, Yeah, just having those personal relationships, having a life outside of your job, which is difficult when, you know, your job is literally your life like me, where it's like, I love my job so much every single day I just wake up and want to work, but trying to literally make an effort, almost forcing myself like, okay, going to the gym, like getting a personal trainer and and working out and using that hour to just get everything out. And even reading a book, like just, you're having to relearn because you're kind of your own boss. So you're having to relearn how to structure your life so that there is still, you know, Tiffany. Without the, it always being Tiffany Calver, and it just helps. I, someone said to me as well. I think it was yeah, it was before I um, did the Beyonce and Jay Z gig in at the Olympic Stadium, and I was so 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 nervous. And they were just like, "You've got to learn how to separate yourself from your brand." Mm-hmm. Tiffany is terrified. Tiffany Calver is a boss, and she's going to go up there and smash it, and everyone's going to think she's sick. And then Tiffany can come off of stage and decompress it and just keep it moving. And I was like, you're so right. So a bit like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. <laughs> I had to had to find my own person um, to just kind of like be the be the face of the brand and then I can still be me. But yeah, it's definitely, I'm still doing the work. I don't think I'll ever stop doing the work. So yeah, but I'm getting better at it for sure.
1: That makes a lot of sense as well when you've just explained it because I guess it helps you to maintain a bit of balance Um, yeah because then you can like have your alone time as Tiffany and then you have your like stage presence or whatever and um when you I can imagine like in the beginning if you've merged the two it would it would be like a head fuck
2: because
1: you're like how do I relax and how do I shut off like switch off do you find it difficult to like turn things off and like (laughs)
2: yeah (laughs) that's that's another thing with time I'm learning about um I I was really bad when I was younger I was an insomniac really really badly so okay. I was quite used to I was pretty much born to DJ and be in nightlife life because those are like my best hours my best hours to work my best hours to do anything um and I just couldn't could not switch off um and even now like with more roles that I'm taking on and more things that I'm doing I'm having to learn how to almost like compartmentalize everything and learn to just like your emails will still be there in the morning to switch off like go watch the fucking Kardashians if you want like just (laughs) it's fine it will still be there and setting boundaries as well so you know getting an influx of calls or texts or messages about work on a Sunday I've had to like message everyone and put on my emails like on Sundays don't message me that is my day I will speak to you tomorrow.
1: (laughs) Boundaries. Yeah. And, and you mentioned that you uh, started going to therapy. I just started going to therapy as well. Um, And yes, yes, it's been, it's been fantastic. Can't like, it's actually been the best decision I've ever made. And I felt one of the things that I've definitely learned from it is um, the power of being present. And, being in being in that moment which is which relates to what you're saying about um like I guess like shutting off as well and like setting those boundaries um, mm-hmm. what do you feel like is one of the biggest things that you've learned coming going through that experience and I guess becoming more reflective and self-aware
2: well from therapy I've learned I had way more issues than I thought walking in the door oh my god <laughs> sure. listen I awesome, think we I've- done- we've unpacked and like just found different things in my life. That I've been like, Oh my God. But um, you, it's interesting to see because these things you probably don't even think affect you. And then you realize, Oh, they do like, right. so that's been really interesting. And, and just, um, I guess it's, it's cleansing, isn't it? It's like mm-hmm. going through and all of the things you've kind of brushed to the side or in the back, you're, you're literally saging the hell out of your brain. <laughs> so that's been great um speaking to someone and feeling safe I think sometimes in in, especially in an industry like this one people are lovely don't get me wrong and I have a lot of peers and people I call friends in my in my workspace but at the same time and I have friends but sometimes it's not my friend's job to constantly have me unloading the shit I'm going through so it's been nice to have someone that I know is like a complete outsider that has a completely different perspective and can help me kind of guide me through how to deal with, you know, personal issues. And, and, it, and it's just something for me, which I think I've told myself a lot. And I really appreciate that I've done. Um, like you were saying about being present when I, when I was on uh, there's like a quote that I kind of made like my mantra because I have really bad anxiety. And um, when I was on the Drake tour, we were in Paris and one of my favourite films is this film called Haine, which I feel like anyone who's like artsy and cool will say, but it genuinely is one of my favourite films. Um, and there was a quote in it, which in English sounds really shit. So I've basically got so far so good tattooed on my arm. But in French it's jusqu'ici tout va bien. And in the film, the whole thing is, the story that keeps getting told is there's a sky that's falling off of a sky, of skyscraper And on his way down, he keeps saying, so far, so good, so far, so good, so far, so good, because it's not about how you fall, it's about how you land. Mm. So I've kind of taken that, and it's really actually helped me. That really helps me, because I'm like, it's almost like, in the moment, you haven't landed yet, so just stop thinking about it. You're falling. Like, you don't know what's happening yet. Just be present. It's very similar. So maybe I should have got be present.
1: No, no, I no, 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 no. Far better story as well. If you're gonna be talking about it, well, <laughs> you need to uh, you need to be able to speak in French, like because that was beautiful. Yeah, ma'am.
2: <laughs> I uh, and it was nice to have got that done in France at such a anxious time in my life as well as that tour. Um, mm. So that was really, really dope. It's one of my favourite tattoos. That is a
1: really lovely like mantra. I feel like I'm gonna go back. I haven't watched that film for years, um, but I remember it had a, like a massive impact on me. Um, yeah and it reminds me of one of the quotes that um, I recently found and I started reading to become more present um, and I just I, I never read by the way so it's a it's a big it's a big <laughs> thing <laughs> um, I read a book called all about love by bell hooks um, I don't know if you. You, I don't know if you've heard about it it's, it's it's proper sick it just it talks it looks at love in all capacities um, like from how we are educated about loving ourselves, loving others, how we teach our children about love and also like platonic and romantic relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. But there's there's a quote and it says, but many of us seek community solely to escape the fear of being alone. Knowing how to be solitary is central to the art of loving. When we can be alone, we can be with others without using them as a means of escape. And that's Mm -hmm. just been something that's been really powerful for me. And like having that time to find again peace in yourself the stuff that you were talking about um but also that community um so I, I guess I wanted to ask you like, what does community mean to you
2: so much I think there isn't there isn't a job for me without community everything I loved about all of all of the things that connected music to me in such a love story-esque way was to do with community it was you know my mum and her friends and us traveling down to notting hill carnival every year and just being around all of those people dancing and having the best time it's being on on a stage or being in a rave or in a field or being anywhere and provide knowing you're providing like the soundtrack to someone's life in that moment and not taking that for granted i i love i love community like i love everything to do with people that's why I love my show. I love the fact that there are so many people that listen to my show on a Saturday night. And we have that two hours together where we are li- I'm sharing music or I'm playing songs. I know that they'll like, and I'm putting people on to speak to me on the phone or shouting people out and seeing how gassed they get when they send me videos for it. And just all of these things, like these are the things that make my job worth it for me. It's all to do with just being with people. and and that's, yeah, that's the best part of everything. Everything I do, literally. I'm just thinking about it now that like everything I do is about people. Yeah.
1: You're connecting. There is
2: no job without these people. And at the same time there is no job without the people that make the music in the places that they came from and not to get too deep into it, but I think that there's so much more that needs to be done to give back to those communities and to elevate those communities. Like we can all do really well in you know, go on and move to a massive house in like Essex or something. But you know, I'm definitely working on things at the minute to try and help us all come together to give back, especially when youth clubs are closing and all of these places. Like I'm I'm working on putting programs in place to help other women be able to have the resources or the tools that maybe were super difficult for me to find when I was coming into this career so that they have the access so they can do the jobs they want to do because that's what it's about you know
1: right it's about keeping the door open as well and giving back it's
2: i love kicking down doors don't get me wrong but i also love holding it open
1: yeah (laughs) it's important because i think people sometimes i feel like there's you don't realize that when you don't keep that door open that the community dies because without new you know blood without new people coming in like there isn't Mm -hmm. a community anymore because you've closed the door and it's just you (laughs) so
2: exactly imagine if in you know imagine if 10 years ago 15 years ago even like skeptics Tinchy Strider, tiny like all of them kano gets all of them were just like all right we've made it now we're all gonna go retire and (laughs) buy there wouldn't even be an industry for us to be in. Do you know what I mean? If if the radio stations all closed down because they made their money and they're they're happy, like there would be nothing. So it's just about keeping it going and from them holding that door open for so many artists, for so many people, for so many managers, like there are so many labels that that are popping up. There are so many incredible, like we're having global stars now. Like we've never even got to that place. Like black music has an infrastructure in England now. There are platforms for us. There are places you know, so in 10 years time, again, like who knows where we'll be? Because we we're have getting number ones like every other week now. And that wouldn't be possible. How
1: does that make you feel?
2: Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The The best part for me going back to community is the comradeship between the artists and the industry. It doesn't matter what label you're at. It doesn't matter who you're, do you know what I mean? Like who you're affiliated with. If you've got a record coming out, anything, everyone supports each other for the most part. Like everyone shares each other's record. Everyone wants everyone to win. And I think as an industry and as a genre, we definitely are the best at doing that of all coming together and pushing for someone to succeed. 100%. Don't get me wrong, Lyons was right. There are definitely crabs in a bucket for sure. But the people that you know, what I mean, like there are a lot of people that are doing the work to just keep lifting and pushing the culture. Which is great,
1: hundred percent. I think, like Tion Wayne, like the way that we all come together for for that moment was was amazing. Um, exactly. Yeah, I had people like my friend loves classical music, and she was she knows obviously she doesn't work in music, but she texted me. She's like, "Oh my god, Tion Wayne's at number one." I was like, "What?" <laughs> 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 You're listening to Beethoven. Like people really were were behind it. Um, as, as again, it brings people together, and that's that's like what it's all about. Um, we're
2: pop culture at, at this point rap music is just as important as pop like I had a meeting yesterday and I won't say who it was with but they're they're like a very very high up person in in music and they said that pop needs rap now Mm -hmm. to do anything to move anything pop needs rap facts yeah
1: I'm excited I'm really I want to ask more questions but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there because you know I feel like (laughs) (laughs) we're we're not gonna find out who that was um, <laughs> but no requests
2: yeah baby
1: yeah baby talk to me about it I feel like i I don't want to say what it is um mm-hmm. I don't know if you can say what it is but I know you're involved with the track slide by um Band okay Band okay yes I am
2: yeah yes. <laughs> I love this uh so no requests is a brand that I started a couple years ago it basically became my my company um and it obviously stemmed from needed a company name didn't really want to use my name so I called it My request because obviously it's connected to the DJ world and that's the world I'm in and nightlife and music and I'm sure as a DJ yourself there have been many times people have asked you to play some random weird ask music and you're just like sorry no request so you're like sorry no so yeah um and then from that, it's kind of stemmed to being the name I was making my mixes. Uh, I'm currently working on merch for it. And I've <laughs> I'm in the process of making my first ever mixtape, which is going to be called No Requests. And it is the name of my label, which I have started this year, and I will be announcing it publicly very soon, uh, hopefully. But oh, yeah, so we've signed. The first so quite a few really exciting artists. We've got a guy called Curtis J, mm. who is an incredible artist who is Nigerian, lives in England, but he makes like he had a tune called Check Your Balance. And again I won't say who, but some very important people within that world of Afrobeats and Afro, whatever you want to call it, Afro, whatever. It's just African diaspora music, do you know what I mean? And it's great. And even they were saying it's one of the best records like records to come out. The UK in that lane in a second. So really excited about him working on his stuff. Yeah, we, we did Band Okay. So we're working with Band Okay on some bits, which I'm really excited about. I think he's he is just so sick. He's he's a really great guy. I really like working with him. Um, and I'm really enjoying learning what this job entails. Do you know what I mean? I think I, I, I've i done quite a bit behind the scenes for a very long time and I've made a lot of records happen and I didn't necessarily do it for anything I didn't do it to you know get a credit or to get money or to do anything it's just because I really really enjoyed it so now having the opportunity to put my name behind it is kind of daunting but really exciting at the same time um, we've just signed a kid called Emway who is from Nottingham who is incredible yeah um quite funnily actually the public voted for him to be in the class of 2021 list on my show and I was like sick (laughs) I was like yes they agree um so that's good and then I'm yeah I'm doing a couple other bits with Samaris just helping distribute stuff uh but that all goes under no requests and that that isn't it but that is it for now of what I'll say but no requests is ever evolving
1: I absolutely love this for you. I feel like it's a natural progression from the your your career so far and Thank I'm, you. Yeah, I'm so excited to see how it all like pans out. Um and the mixtape, it's, it's
2: Yeah man. We got some bangers on there.
1: I can only imagine. I can only imagine. <laughs> oh <laughs> um, a label, right, labels. I work at a label. Um we've seen a lot of criticism about labels, like left, right and center. Even just yesterday, Ray came out about her experience um, not being able to make an album. What do you feel like um, you'd wanna maybe do differently um, starting a new label?
2: I think I'm already doing things differently. And I think that it's something that people have to get used to and have to kind of move with the times. The times are different. I don't see, how anyone can sign someone into into like a massive, massive deal anymore. The label has to show and prove. I think that's just like any relationship. It has to be reciprocated on both sides. Everyone has to make an effort. And if it doesn't work, I think the artist should be free to do what they want to do, especially when there are so many options now. There are so many options where some people don't need a label, some people need a label, but we should all just be working together on it. Obviously with a label they take more money, they give you more of an advance, they'll take more on the back end but within that building you're getting an entire office of staff that are dedicated to working on your project. When you go the independent route which I also do bits and pieces within so that's another thing with with my label there's an option there, there is an option of going the major route or there is an option of going the distribution route I can do both and I think that's important and um when you're in distribution it's more on the artist for sure it's a lot more work it's a lot more DIY I would only recommend it if you have either a crazy following that don't even care about marketing or anything and you can just put a record out and it flies but you have to be more entrepreneurial to want to do that because you are your record label pretty much you're the one that's paying for everything you're funding the recording costs you're funding the clearances you're funding the sample clearances if you've got a sample you're funding the feature cost you're funding the artwork the video everything comes out of your pocket and you are investing fully in yourself you might get an advance it won't be as much as a major um but with that advance everything comes from that but you take more so you'll you'll have more of your rights, you'll have more of your copyrights, and you will have more of the percentage of profit when you've made your advance back, when you've recouped. So there are options. When I even when I do uh deals within a major, for me, I love to work in a way that it works for everyone. So I don't I, I don't really ask for much. I, I'm kind of a person that's like let's work on this let's see how it goes then we can look at we can revisit and in my experience so far everyone's wanted to continue working with me so we'll do another contract um that's probably that's probably why I'll be broke when I'm 80 and like (laughs) with five flatmates and like 17 cats but at the end of the day if I do my job right people hopefully will will stick with me and I think that's just labels have to bring more to the table these days and also be willing to work better with artists Um, and there are a lot of things that I think do need to change but at the same time I think that the general consensus when you ask an artist now what they want to do they want to be independent because that's all they're hearing about
1: yeah so I
2: think it's really important that we're teaching artists about options and we're teaching artists about both sides and what should work for them I think everyone is completely different I think people look at Dave or they look at AJ or they look at D Block Europe or um all of these artists Dave and they're just like well I want to do that and then it's like okay have you looked at their team do you know <laughs> do you know I mean you've got you've got to look further than that you can't just look at the fact they're independent who works with them who have they got on board to market their stuff I mean Jay Huss one of the biggest artists he's with the label Fredo he's at a label for now but he, he's at a label Nines was at a label there are a lot of artists that do still go through the label structure because it makes sense and I can say that for a lot of a lot of rappers especially when they're first coming into the building sometimes a label makes the most sense because they need one the extra hands and the extra help Two, it gives them the, the, it empowers them to kind of slowly but surely change their life or their lifestyles in a way, and they're learning as they go. So it's less pressure on them, everything's handled, they're making money and they're changing their lives. So I think it just depends. It completely depends, but I just wish people spoke more about the options. (laughs) How are you finding it at a label?
1: Yeah, I feel like what I I think everything that you said is um, fantastic, and I feel like anyone, if you weren't anyone's team, like they are very very blessed because I think that's exactly, <laughs> very blessed. I think that's exactly what it is. It's it's knowing what your options are and being educated because knowledge is power, and also being understanding who you are as an artist and what is right for you because yeah, you know you some something that you might read about or you know being independent sounds great but does that actually serve you and can you like do that like as you said it it makes sense for some people in the beginning of their journeys because they actually um need to change they need to get out of a situation it's going to ha- it's going to be an amazing opportunity for them um so why not take it um if you're exactly yeah.
2: I, would, I would say if you are an artist and you are listening to this your your best first like point of call is your lawyer make sure you have a fantastic lawyer make sure that your lawyer isn't somebody else's lawyer that you're working with that's another one I've 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 heard of a few of of them stories where (laughs) you know maybe someone will suggest a lawyer that is their lawyer so um do your research on that get a good lawyer because your lawyer only works for you do you know what I mean they only have your interests at heart hopefully and they will be if you are independent or you are a label, either way, they're working on your stuff constantly. So that is your team mate. Get a good lawyer. After that, I would say you can either empower a friend that you think is is smart and can handle it to come on board to help manage. I think, especially in the early days, it's a good place to start. um But if not, you know, hopefully there are there are people around that will want to manage you. So. Keep your options open too, and never, ever, ever, ever sign anything mm. until a legal person has mm. lifted it. Mm. I really hope all of you are listening to that. Reload okay? that line.
1: Hundred <laughs> percent. You know when people say read your read your contracts. Get so get a lawyer to read your contracts. Read
2: your contract, <laughs> please. Oh, oh. I'm feeling like Robin Hood out here at the minute. The past couple of weeks, I've heard about some mental things, and I'm just like. How are people getting away from this Oh, stuff?
1: God. Oh. I feel like you... Yeah, please
2: read your contract and never sign anything mm. if a lawyer or a manager or anyone isn't present, ever. Please, if you're listening, <laughs> <saying>, please. <laughs> Thank please. you for coming to my TED talk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air to um to see the launch of everything that you're working on. Um, Thank you. Yeah. I, I uh, also just want to touch on love renaissance um a label in atlanta because oh my
2: guys yeah yeah
1: oh yeah. oh sh- sick like obviously they've um they were in the press i think in the beginning of lockdown because they launched mental a- health a mental health division the yes. first yeah and i saw that and i was like that is incredible they have summer walker on the 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 label and um she's been quite open about her anxiety um and i just wondered what what if you any had any um ideas if you thought about
2: 100 yeah. 100 that was one of the things when I was negotiating the terms of my my JV was to talk about having those facilities in place or being able to grant anyone who needs it whether it's staff or people on the label with access to help from an early stage as well I, I, I really am not with waiting until it's too late or waiting until there's a a problem there to do you know I mean it just it makes it a bigger thing when it shouldn't be so just having the people there to help really from from a really early stage it's a big thing I mean we're seeing it in even in things like Love Island you're seeing how fame has an effect on the people that leave that villa and are just automatically famous the way music works now You could literally release a song on your SoundCloud tomorrow and then in a week it's got 100 million streams and you are massive and you're not going to know how to, you know, feel or, you know, kind of, like, figure that out. So you just need to help people more. I think it's the same way you're working when we were talking about it. It's an exchange and it should be your duty to protect your artists as much as you can and their mental health, because that is the thing that writes the records that you make money off of. So protect it.
1: hundred percent. It's in your, it's, it's in like, it's in your, like it benefits you if you were to yeah. work. protect. That's what I always, I always think. Um, and without, you know, it's the foundation for everything. If you have a, healthy way of thinking and dealing with problems and um because life will throw something at you on any given yeah. day but if you have the framework and the means to go through that in a healthy way like you're set so
2: you need to normalize it as well because 100%. when when someone is actually going through something later down the line and they do need the help the help wasn't there before so now it makes them feel like something's wrong with them do you right. know what i mean 100%. and and it could really backfire. So I just think it needs to be normalized. It doesn't need to be a thing where you're going in and almost like interrogating someone and being like, oh, you're right, should we get you a therapist kind of thing? Because some people don't take well to that and that's Mm -hmm. fine too. Um, We just need to make it more normal and just have it be a part of the actual job spec or like, you know, system Mm -hmm. so that more people have access to it and it's less stigmatized. I don't know. No, hurtful, no. Anyway. This is- I'm so pro therapy, though. I will scream it at um, anyone. I'm, pro-therapy
1: <laughs> I'm pro therapy too.
2: You need <laughs> a therapist. You need a therapist.
1: You need a therapist. Tara's coming up. <laughs> no, 100. percent I feel like you have hit it on the nail as well. We need to. It's a cultural shift. Like once you um, make it part of everyday life to talk about how you feel in um, an honest way. If we, like if support is something that you know, if everyone's got a therapist, everyone's talking about it. It's just. It's just part of it. It's just like. That's what we need to do, normalize um, and be open and honest. And um, I love that you brought that point up. Hopes for the future. To, to, To kind of like round off everything that we've talked about, what are some of the, what are three hopes that you have for the future when it comes to the music industry?
2: um I really hope that there are more than four girls on a a festival lineup in the future that would be fantastic if uh we could get some more equality in festival spaces some more female headliners as well like I'm just so sick of that and I'm really sick of that being the the thing every year that disappoints me and so many people it's not just women at this point anymore it disappoints everyone it disappoints fans that include men like get it together festivals um that is a really big hope of mine for the future um I don't know what else really that's clearly the one that's at the front of my head just equality really and and just in all areas I, I think the music industry is an ever-changing and shifting thing and we're currently in an era that will change because it always does in the next 10-20 years so I think we just have to be prepared to move in the right direction and while we're doing it we're just doing it the right way and just not being pricks basically <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> i hope. I hope to see more women on lineups for sure i hope to see way more women in even just in inside labels inside the buildings um something i'm currently working on but don't uh <laughs> don't ask me about it for like another year um but something I am working on is putting some things in place like I was saying before to give back to communities which I think all of us should be doing the communities that have made us have made the artists we look after have have made everyone a lot of money we need to be giving back to those communities we need to be giving the next generation access because I I didn't have access to CDJs till I was at my first radio station it's so difficult like it's so difficult to train I couldn't afford controllers I was making mixes on a computer so how do we provide access to equipment how do we provide access to programs to mentors to you know apprenticeships all of these things like so that we are preparing the next generation to look after the industry that we're in right now um god I feel like I'm I'm doing a manifesto right now I'm trying to think of like
1: no honestly it's 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 actually I feel like it's affirming things that I want to see happen as well so I feel like the universe is listening right now so yeah talk your talk I would
2: absolutely love to see more um more of a normal approach towards mental health especially within rap music especially within the black music space I would love to see that um there's so much I'd love to see but let's just see (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany for Prime
1: Minister please (laughs) I would vote for that one Um, Thank you so much for joining uh, me on RA Exchange, it's been such a pleasure and hearing about some of the work that you're doing and the plans that you have for the future it's made me feel really, not even just excited but it's made me feel like there's so much to look forward to um, and there's so much positive change that's coming, um, so I'm a very anxious person but you've actually made me feel like at ease with the future which is <laughs> which is hard it's hard so yeah I, I, I can't wait to see how everything unfolds and I wish you all the best with your venture thank you and thank you for having me I appreciate it thank you so much